Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Stephen Callahan was born in 1952 and grew up in Needham, Massachusetts. As a boy, he had a natural attraction to all things boats and ocean life from the young age of 10. By high school, he was already building boats of his own. It was in 1981, however, when Callahan would begin embarking on a voyage that would change his life forever. Callahan would take off from the seaside city of Newport, Rhode Island on the Napoleon Solo. The Napoleon Solo being a sloop, or sailboat with a single mast, designed and built by Callahan, measuring 6.5 meters or 21 feet. The trip commenced with a goal of reaching Bermuda. There he would link up with friend Chris Latcham and trek much further, all the way out to the UK. In the UK, he would decide to take part in a sailing race from the English town of Penzance to the island of Antigua. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. After saying goodbye to Latcham, he headed out solo with visions of white sand beaches. Smooth sailing it was not, however. Brutal weather struck the plans of such a race for the sailors, and Callahan would pause in La Coruña, Spain. The unexpected harsh conditions would mark the first of damages made to the Napoleon Solo. The naval architect would utilize his skills in making some repairs and make his way to the Canary Islands. It had been a year on and off at sea for Callahan, and Callahan was still adamant in seeing those beautiful white sand beaches of Antigua. So on January 29th, 1982, just a week shy of his 30th birthday, that is precisely where Callahan would head off to in the Napoleon Solo. The first week would go as planned, but during a night storm with an extreme gale, holes would somehow puncture several areas of the sloop. Stephen believed the damage to be from a collision with a whale under the boat, but had little time to investigate. His concern was solely on staying alive, with no time to spare. Luckily, Callahan had built the boat with various watertight compartments, keeping it from sinking outright. The Napoleon Solo staying afloat would not last, though, and so he would quickly need to transfer, along with his belongings, to the Avon life raft he had aboard. As the boat sank, he would need to dive into the water and retrieve his items, including a sleeping bag 
navigation charts, some food he had, flares, a torch, three solar stills used for drinking water, a short spear gun, and the book Sea Survival by Dougal Robertson. Anything more would likely just be too much for the life raft. That spear gun would be instrumental in keeping Stephen alive as the days stacked up, but it wasn't fully intact from the collision. Callahan, however, with a background in invention, would create some makeshift parts with the few supplies he had on board to make the item work. He would shoot fish to eat as he drifted alone and lost at sea, and rationed what he could for the journey. His bad luck would compound, however, when the spear would break off the gun. Callahan would now need to use a knife he secured at the tip of the gun in place of the spear, and although it wasn't as effective, it would do the job in keeping him from starving to death. Things would continue to go downhill as Callahan would shoot a Dorado, or mahi-mahi, and in the process the fish would break the spear and with its many sharp teeth would also puncture the raft and soon deflate it. Now gone for weeks with no end in sight and lying on a deflated piece of rubber with even less essential belongings, Stephen was losing all of his body fat. The fat from his lower body was the first to leave him, while his upper body remained stronger since he was continually making all possible use of it in order to survive. He would lose energy, worry of scurvy, and drift off to sleep. Dozing off and hungry, his dreams were of eating food. Rationing water would mean barely drinking anything for days, and he was now eating every possible part of the few fish he was able to catch. He knew that eating the liver would sustain him with nutrients his body needed, and he would even relish in eating the eyes of the fish he caught, craving the liquid from them. Eating those eyes meant he could save more of the water on board, not knowing how long the little he had left would last him. Even in such a dire scenario, Stephen would keep a positive outlook when reflecting on his circumstances. It made him truly appreciate life and allowed him to realize how little it was that we as humans truly need to survive. The fishermen appreciated nature at large, even more so than before. One of those little things he cherished was watching fish rise above the surface of the water surrounding him. He would describe the image of them as being like silver platters, maybe because those little fish were all he had to hopefully catch and eat. Keep in mind that our bodies function off of three macronutrients, carbs, fats, and proteins. With a diet exclusively of fish, those carbs were non-existent for Callahan, and the fish made for very little fat to consume as well. He also described being stranded for those weeks that continued as a spiritual experience, and one that humbled him. Regardless of his positive outlook considering how rough it was out there, he did crave some form of companionship, being all alone for many weeks by this point. It would have been nice to have had that friend of his, Chris Latcham, who joined him in the trip to the UK, for instance. Being pragmatic, however, Callahan felt strongly that if he were in this same scenario with another person, one of them would have to die due to such a low supply of any nourishment. Certainly not enough for two people. That couldn't be more clear as he looked down at his body 
with every inch of fat having now withered away. Once again, things would continually get worse. Callahan would hit the two-month mark of being lost at sea, with no idea as to where the closest piece of land was. His water supply was now finished. Additionally, the waterproofing of the raft was only guaranteed to last 40 days. With that time long expired, he feared that even that would be gone soon, leaving him to die all alone at sea. He would use his flares to attract attention, but it seemed to be of no use. He was too far gone, with no land in sight. On day 75, Stephen would finally have a glimmer of hope in what felt like a never-ending cruel joke that the universe was playing on him. Exhausted and barely able to function, he saw weeds and pieces of trash, giving him optimism that he was somewhere near civilization. Never did he think he'd be giddy inside to see polluted waters, but it was a sign for him that this nightmare had an end in sight. He continued to drift as the sun went down and the night sky took over. It was then that he saw a lighthouse in the distance with a pulse of light. He steered the deflated raft that night with the little energy he still had in him. The next morning, he would hear the sounds of an engine and then fishermen approaching, then the sight of land up ahead. He had no idea where he was or what language the fishermen were now speaking, but Callahan was nevertheless in amazement to see them. He would soon learn that he was just south of Guadalupe, not too far from his original destination of Antigua, and that the men were speaking Creole. As the fishermen approached him, his frail body would fall face down on the beach. One of the fishermen would approach Stephen and hand him a ginger beer with a smile on his face. Callahan described it simply as feeling like he was in heaven. The hell that he went through made him appreciate that amazing feeling we take for granted of being alive. As soon as possible from there, he contacted his parents, who could not be more relieved that their son would be okay. Stephen Callahan's story would inspire several works. Four years after being discovered, Callahan would write the appropriately titled Adrift, 76 Days Lost at Sea. The book was a massive success, not only landing as a New York Times bestseller, but staying on the list for nine months. Many years later, in 2012, director Ang Lee was set to direct Life of Pi, based on the work of author Jan Martel. Although the film was a work of fiction, for Lee, the story of shipwreck survival needed to be told as realistic as possible. Lee, being familiar with Callahan's story, knew that he needed to reach out to the man in depicting an accurate story. Callahan was honored to come on board as a consultant to the film. Life of Pi would become a massive success, not only in America, but breaking box office records overseas in various regions. More recently, the show Fight to Survive would air an episode on the Wonder Channel detailing Callahan's amazing story using interview footage with the survivor. The show was hosted by another inspiring figure, Craig DiMartino, who survived a 100-foot fall while climbing in Colorado in 2002. 
DiMartino would eventually have to amputate his right leg, but has gone on to great success of his own. Multiple other specials have been aired on Callahan's story, inspiring all walks of life and symbolizing the punishment the human body could endure. Amazingly, Stephen came out of that mess unscathed, with no major injuries to speak of, mostly just mental scars of a time that taught him the hard way how to survive any situation. Callahan is now 70 years old, and it is safe to say that even 40 years later, his experience at sea and in the wild for 76 days is one that he, the many readers of his memoir, and countless others who now know his story will never forget. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting installment of In the Wild. To hear more captivating stories of real-life survival, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stay prepared, because you never know when you may find yourself in the wild.